Greetings everyone and welcome back to another episode of Plan B Success. Today we have Joanna Pohorsky all the way from London, UK. She's the founder of the Accountability Mindset. Now mind you, Joanna, just like everyone else, you know, had a corporate career, she was working different jobs and then at a point in time she started dabbling into real estate and then she got better at it and then she also figured out not just real estate but what does it take to come out successful as a business as a person who's running a business and taking stock of your own life and looking at it as a business to come out profitable so that's what we're going to talk about so let's welcome Joanna and we'll get started welcome Joanna hi Ranji thank you so much for having me Absolute pleasure. So in your own words, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, so um, I have been shaped by, by the different countries and the different companies I, I have been working in, I would say. And um, so I started the, the corporate career quite young, uh, working along, alongside being at school, so during holidays. Um, and this was at 16. And over time, I then progressed over the following 25 years and I became um, a leader. So um, before I resigned, I was running a 60, 70 million business, which was um, an end-to-end business for an engineering company based in the UK. So anything that that needed to be done to, to, um, to, to sell, to market, to deliver to clients, to keep the clients happy, to deliver products, uh, I was responsible and accountable for that. Awesome. And how, and how long did you do that? Uh, so um, uh, there was actually there were actually two different businesses of this uh, similar size for the same company. Uh, and this was overall for around five years. And what's your what's your background, you know, from a schooling standpoint? Uh, so um, I actually went to um, to a to a school that uh, put a lot of focus on languages. So I had to, to study Latin for, for six years. And some of it served me actually very well when I came to, to um, learning the languages. I speak five of them. Uh, but uh, I think, you know, uh, learning how to translate Catullus uh, <laughs> is not necessarily going to, to help you get on in life in a professional career uh, unless, you know, maybe poet or, or you work in this area. And um, from there, I went to university and I have actually a, a degree in uh, applied linguistics. Uh, and also I'm, um, I have uh, certifications and coaching now, but before that also in project management. Awesome. So, uh, you know, in terms of your corporate career, when you look at your corporate career, how much of that was uh, planned versus unplanned for you? It's a great question. Um, so um, I was always very focused on, um, on moving forward and achieving more. So, so do more and then hopefully get promoted. And I'm, I'm really using this word, hopefully, um, because I never actually thought about specifically where I was heading. I was always heading forward and up, but I never had a fixed job in mind. And um, over time, I was very fortunate, I think, because I actually uh, came across um, leaders and managers who recognized uh, what I could contribute and supported me very strongly. And that worked up until actually my last um, last part of my, my corporate journey, where um, I became so senior, I was reporting to the board and actually the politics part of the job became much more important. And this is where I still recollect this one conversation where I realized I'm actually on my own 
So it doesn't matter how much I contribute, how much I try, how hard uh, I actually contribute to the PL, profit and loss of the company. I'm still on my own. Um, and I decided to start looking elsewhere outside the corporate world at um, what other things there were. So this was actually the first time in my life where I started to consciously think about what am I good at? How can I help others? How can I translate this, um, this knowledge and this experience I've, I've acquired over, over these um, 20 years of my corporate career? How can I apply this and, and help others um, to, to um, maybe, um, um, achieve their dreams and 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 what they want to do and and for me I, I always knew there was something where I wanted to help others but you know I didn't want to be a doctor a nurse or or, or something uh, like this that's quite the obvious job that you might might aspire or, or go go for uh, when you want to help people so so it took me quite a while to actually work out what I wanted to do and I tried all sorts of um I acquired a lot of information from, from areas I never heard about. You know, I, I went to, to different meetings, I went to different networking events and really um, tried to blow my mind with things I had never heard about, knew nothing about. And this really helped me then to, to get to the point where I knew exactly what I want to focus on is helping people through uh, coaching, but also through providing safe and secure accommodations or property investment. So, you know, when you look at your corporate career, you know, you climb the ladder, so to speak, and got to the point where a lot of people aspire to get to, which is reporting to the board. And then when you got there, ultimately, you did not find the satisfaction that you were craving for. Now, you spent a lot of years in, a, in the corporate career getting there. So what was that feeling like? You know, what, what changed? Uh, you know, you, in a lot of other people's eyes, you had all the success that you know, they would be aspiring for, but then you yet didn't want it. Yes, and it's really interesting because I did aspire to that success. But, uh, you know, when you are, um, wherever you are, you only see one side of the story, maybe two. Uh, you will never actually see what it looks like from the inside. And once you actually stand in the inside, in the center, in that role and look around yourself, you find that a lot of things are not quite the same way what they look like from the outside. So for example, a great example I find is, uh, you know, I've been very junior. I, I went through all the ranks in, a, in, in different companies. And uh, when you're on the outside of power, I used to think about it when I was more junior, you think, you know, once you come to a certain level, maybe board level and board level minus one, you actually can take all these decisions. And that's just not quite true <laughs> because there are, so many constraints that are not visible to, to people in, in the wider organization, whether it's legal governance or, or certain customer um, requirements, um, quality assurance, things like this, political even in some cases, um, you only see that once you're on the inside of that, of that um, leadership area. And then uh, you realize it's maybe not quite uh, as much um, leverage that you have that you hoped you could to, uh, to support the wider organization. Awesome. And then when you, when you did decide to make the shift, what was that journey like? You know, was it instant? Was it something that you were thinking about while you were still in your corporate career and it took a certain amount of time for you to make that transition? What was that journey like? So you mentioned before, you know, the moment of, of um, recognizing, you know, how things are, what they, what they mm -hmm. are versus the expectation. 
and for me um i think i was always because i have been fortunate i worked hard but it had been recognized for years and years before that i think it really caught me out when i didn't realize that the game had changed the rules of the game had changed but I didn't at that point in time. So uh, when I realized I had to change and I realized that's maybe not, well, this is just not aligned with where I want to be, I started looking. So, so uh, I mentioned before, you know, I actually tried to step completely out of the zone. I had moved, been moving before project management, customer service, sales, anything like this. I went to completely different industries from oil and gas or shipping um, or, 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 um, or marketing where I used to sales, where I used to be before. And, and what I've encountered has been really inspirational. And what really was the, the turning point for me is when I went to the presentation of a book, uh, which was written by two um, Stanford professors, and it's called Designing Your Life. And at that point in time, they were, they were just launching it. So they were here presenting it. There were maybe 60 people in the audience and they tested some of the basic concepts of the book. And, and the impact it had on the audience, not just me, in that room was absolutely incredible. And it came down to three questions and I'm oversimplifying it. Um, but they asked really, you know, just imagine if your job was no longer there, what would you do? And what's stopping you from doing it now? Second question was, if your type of company disappeared, or if your type of job completely disappeared, what would you do? And what's stopping you from doing it now? And the third question was, if money was no object, what would you do? And this is where everyone started, of course, smiling and, you know, the whole mood and energy in the room shifted. But this is where I got my answers, that it would be property investing and coaching. And, uh, and since then, I've been really pursuing that route in terms of understanding what do I have to do to be able to, um, to play in that, in that field and in, that, uh, in that, those two areas to help others. So let's talk about property investing. So when did you get involved in it? And how were your initial experiences? So when, uh, when I first came to the UK, the initial experience is a great question, because when I first came to the UK and, and I came from an environment in Austria where a lot of people rent and it's very safe to rent and it's actually much cheaper to rent uh, and more, more, more difficult to buy, at least it was in 2002 when I came here to the UK. And um, I remember a conversation with a friend who said to me, you just have to get on the property ladder as soon as possible. And back then in Austria still had Austrian shillings. And mm -hmm. the, the, the conversion rate was one to 20. So a property that might have been 100K in the UK, which would have been even then, you know, London quite very cheap, um, was like 2 million. In Austria, you know, Austrian shillings. And I thought, oh my God, you know, I'm, I'm here, like I'm a poor student, the student dad, and he's talking, get on the property ladder, you know, spend two million. And I started crying. It was just such an intense pressure I felt because I thought, how am I ever, ever going to do that? Uh, you know, um, um, that's, that's not going to work out, is it? And over time, I understood how things work much better. And, and four years later, actually, I bought my first property. Um, and at that point in time, and people from the UK know this, there is the Kirsty and Phil, uh, they, they do a program called Location, Location, Location. And all my knowledge was from that program. And it was literally buy the worst property in the blessed place. Well, not, not so it's falling apart, but you know, um, ideally cosmetic issues. And I managed to get one of these. Um, and as it turned out, it was much better than I thought. So as it turned out that I bought, I don't know if you know, um, the Beatles crossing, zebra crossing. Mm -hmm. So I didn't realize buying it that I bought a flat with a view 
of that crossing and of the studios just behind it. So it's absolutely incredible, you know, how um, it was, it was um, some research I did, of course, and a lot of viewings, but also a bit of luck I had with the very first property. Awesome. And then uh, after that, how, how long have you been investing in properties now? Uh, 15 years now. Oh, that's pretty awesome. So yeah. do you do it all by yourself or do you have a team supporting you at this point? So at this point in time, uh, I work with an estate agent, um, but also I have a business partner. And right now we're exploring um, a different business model from the one I had before. Before I was looking more at flips uh, and I'm also a landlord. What we're trying to set up is uh, a more social um, type of, of property uh, where on the one hand side, we can um, rent out to the council uh, to, to council tenants and, and support um, the non-private area of, of rentals, but also um, finding the, the right property for a property investor tends to be um, a property where you can add value of some sort. So this normally involves some construction work, refurbishments, this type of thing. And what we're looking to do is with my business partner is to bring kids from that council, from that area, into that development and, and help them uh, to acquire skills, which are practical skills, uh, construction skills, development skills, which they can use going forward in their life and hopefully to have a better future for themselves. That's awesome. So how has uh, the recent pandemic, um, you know, how has that influenced the property market and the property values? It's quite interesting because um, in the UK, there has been such a, such a concern about what happens to the property market. There's just such a um, multi, multi-billion, trillion economy related, direct and indirect uh, linked to it, um, that different measures have been put in place um, to, to support that market. In particular, there has been a relief of, um, of very particular tax, which meant that a lot of people who have not bought before because of uh, first uh, Brexit, they were waiting it out. And then because of COVID and a lot of lifestyle change because of COVID and the pandemic, um, they started buying. So private um, owners, occupiers, all of a sudden started to really move into the investor space as well. So there's been a lot of competition um, to, to get properties. And when you ask people, some of the um, increases, rapid increases in prices have actually um, uh, made the, the whole uh, tax um, the tax holiday, uh, the, the, the um, stamp duty completely redundant because in the end to get the property people with the competition people ended up paying more than they've saved in that tax. Hmm. Now you also manage the accountability mindset. So mm -hmm. where did the thought for coming up with the accountability mindset and actually coaching and training people <laughs> more about accountability and uh, you know, how they need to handle themselves as a business, all of that come about? Um, it came from the people who, who came um, asked to me, asked me questions. So, so what happens is that I have been part of a, um, of a group of a property mastermind, a group of people who get um, very focused training, coaching and development in the property investment area uh, over um, a period of time. And as such, a lot of people came to me asking me questions about property initially, but what became very clear is that um, people who came to me most of the time came to me because they were stuck. 
stuck with not knowing where to go next. And as we um, unraveled effectively what, where they were stuck at and why, uh, it turned out that most of the time it wasn't the, what I call the property technical knowledge. So they, 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 know, they knew the strategies, they knew where they wanted to invest to, and um, they knew the, the basics, the fundamentals with which they could easily invest. It was much more the, the mindset um, that maybe the fear stopping them or in uncertainty, uh, not taking the first step, but also uh, in some cases accountability. So they actually had a plan, but they never implemented it. They never took the first step. Um, other things got in the way. Something else was more important. They prioritized other things. So this is really how it came about from conversations with property investors at different stages of their investment journey. Awesome. So Tell us a little bit about your company, the accountability mindset, and what all do you do under that um, umbrella? Uh, so um, the the company focuses on on coaching and support for for business owners who uh, find it challenging to first of all get clear on which goal they're pursuing, uh, because not every company owner has the same goal. There there might be different stages uh, of where they are with the company. A startup will have different needs from it, from a, um, someone who's in the growth phase or in the mature phase of the business. So it's really really understanding what's the goal first, um, and secondly is what's the best and most direct way of hitting that goal. And again, um, I've been talking to people who um, struggle. Some people struggle to put a plan in place. Uh, sometimes it's not the plan as such, but at different levels, they, they, they just cannot see how it all interlinks and connects to really lead up to that goal that they are setting for themselves. Um, sometimes the challenge is the environment, uh, because especially when someone transitions from the corporate world or looks at transitioning from the corporate world into running a business, there might be a lot of hesitation, fear and lack of understanding in an environment. The family is worried about, you know, the basics, Maslow's pyramid, uh, you know, the, the, the basis of existence, where to live, what are they going to eat if the money doesn't come in? And these are very, very valid um, arguments and sometimes fears. So, so it's very important also not to dismiss those but bring the environment along. So as a business owner, being very mindful, what do we expect um, from everyone around us? Uh, we might expect more, more childcare support. We might expect more, more, um, more time to, to pursue clients. We might expect a host of other things that actually the environment does know nothing about and, and might come as a surprise and not, not a surprise. They, were, they might necessarily have agreed to and on those terms. So it's really, really important to, to consider the environment, not after the events, but before the events and make sure they are fully involved. Awesome. And tell us, uh, how do people reach you? you know, where can they find you in, in case they have questions about your programs? So um, I am, I'm trying to, I've learned my lessons from uh, my initial shyness of social media. Uh, so a, a year ago, you wouldn't have found me, found me more, many places. But right now, uh, you can find me as Joanna Pahorski on Instagram. You can find me as Joanna Pahorski uh, on LinkedIn. Um, you can also find me, uh, I run a free group uh, on Facebook called the Accountable Mindset Community. Uh, and of course, on email. Uh, it's Joanna at theaccountablemindset.com. Awesome. And in terms of uh, some of your recent work that you're doing, any programs that are coming up, anything that people should know about? 
Uh, so I have just, uh, I mentioned to you just around last week and this week, uh, a masterclass uh, about how in uh, three steps you can really uh, become very clear, crystal clear about your goal, your plan, and also how to make it all happen. Uh, and, and again, when you know how to go about it, uh, it can be a very straightforward process. So um, I will be taking this and building on this um, for some challenges. There's been fantastic feedback from people who have attended. And I really look forward to sharing with more people and giving more people that foundation on which they can grow their business and, and, and expand the business into the future for their, for their future selves, as I say. Awesome. So for people that want to learn about your programs, is there a particular website that they can go to? So uh, at this point in time, I manage everything, the knowledge, the support through the Facebook group. Uh, there will be a website coming, yes. Uh, at this point in time, it's uh, the group, the Accountable Mindset community on Facebook. Awesome. And you also provide, uh, you said, business advice and business support to some of the business people out there. What, what kind of uh, support is that? Yes. So um, I used to work as a management consultant for seven years. And I really have learned um, the, the different business models. I've seen different business models in action. I've seen the challenges, the mistakes and best practices that people make um, as a founder, as a leader, as a manager, as a team member, and how to avoid them, how to focus on really um, running a stable, successful business that evolves with its clients' needs and, and the, the needs of the environment. So um, this is something that um, I, I help with. Uh, I, I work with a number of clients who I help exactly with that, who have all the knowledge uh, of the pro in the property world or in the personal in their personal um, uh, with the personal goals. However, uh, where they had not um, because of their, their their career and their experience, they did not have the fundamentals of running a successful business. So how to set it up, the processes, the codification, the standardization, the outsourcing, uh, being able to scale, you have to standardize, optimize and outsource. Otherwise you'll be always an overworked founder and never be able to scale and grow. Makes sense. Well, thank you so much, Joanna, for joining us today and walking us through you know, your life, your career and the changes that you've made and come out successful with it. Absolutely a pleasure to learn about uh, accountability mindset as well and what people can do there. Before, you know, I let you go, one takeaway for the listeners, anything that you'd like to share from your experiences? Yes. So um, I think it is when you're truly a business owner, even maybe if you haven't quite started, but when you're truly an entrepreneur on the inside, uh, you will overcome the challenges thrown at you. Whether it is you know, an environment where uh, maybe nobody has ever been an entrepreneur and a business owner, maybe if you're not sure how to go about it, maybe you know, um, you're worried about how things might happen. What you need to do is just overcome those fears. Um, the, the word fear actually as an abbreviation stands for false realities appearing real. And this is something I really want to leave with you is that, you know, don't let fear get the best of you because very often uh, the reality has nothing to do with the fear. And once we step into a situation, it's about one step at a time towards a goal and then dealing with the challenges on the way. And then, you know, when you turn around, you will not believe that these things used to put fear into you uh, just because every day we will grow and really progress towards your goal and see your vision and, and grow from that. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for sharing your story. We look forward to keeping connected and all the best with the accountability mindset. Thank you so much, Rajiv. Thank you for having me here.